Welcome and thank you for listening to this message from Legacy Church New Braunfels. To connect with us, go to LegacyNB.com. Now enjoy this message from Pastor Jay Miller. If you have your Bibles with you, I want you to open up to two passages real quick. I'm going to be able to go through this very quickly because I've got some PowerPoint that I want you to pick up on. First one's going to be Luke chapter 8, put a marker there. And then Matthew chapter 13. So I want to give you this quick picture. Really feel like the Lord is talking, continuing to talk to us about what does it look like to grow into maturity. And not just maturity that means that we, we look right, we smell right, we act right, right? But maturity that actually turns into fruitfulness in the earth. The Lord wants to be fruitful in your inside life, in your inside thoughts, in your inside beliefs. That's absolutely true. That looks like maturity. But let me tell you what the fullness of maturity is. Remember, he's coming back. There's so much talk about is, are we in the last days of the last days? And probably we are. But let's just be reality. Even Jesus doesn't know that last day because he says only the Father knows it. So if Jesus doesn't know it, why would we know it? What we do know is this, occupy until I return. We're called to influence society. We're called to be fruitful. And, and so what Jesus is coming back, everything is about the second coming of Christ because that is the establishment for the rest of eternity for everything he paid for. When he comes back, there will be nothing left unturned. Anybody that wasn't healed before he came back will be suddenly restored completely and fully for all of eternity. Every mind that wasn't turned is going to come back into a place of peace. That will happen. But in this moment, what we're looking for is how are we individually grown into maturity, but more specifically, how are we as the bride of Christ growing into the fullness of maturity? We are the body of Christ. We're the bride of Christ. And what it comes down into is we have to know the seeds of the word of God. The father is a farmer. He gives us so many parables and illustrations of the kingdom of heaven that had to do with agriculture. It had to do with not just planting a seed and making sure what type of seed am I planting? And is it a seed that's actually supposed to grow that I'm supposed to give away? And is it a seed that's going to turn into food for me to eat? We have to understand those types of things. He gives us different types of seeds to grow. And what you need to look at, he be- and then he breathed his ruach. What's the ruach? It's the Hebrew word for the breath of God, the Holy Spirit, the breath of life that came into him. What was it? Adam became the soil that the seed of the Spirit was planted inside of him, and then Adam became Adam. God began with the seed of his breath, of his life. Soil without a seed is actually not going to do anything. It could be the most vibrant soil of, any time, of all time, but unless a seed is allowed to penetrate and to go down into it, allowed to grow, allowed to be cultivated, soil actually doesn't serve a purpose. It was always meant to be the reception place of the purpose of God. It's the seed of God. When you became born again, in that moment, you were born again of the Spirit. And there's this point in, uh, in John wherever the, the, they're meeting in the upper room and Jesus comes back for a moment. He walks to the walls. And after he, he, he gives them peace, he says, peace, be still. Like He freaked them out when he walked in. But then he says this, receive the Holy Spirit. What was that? 
It's Adam receiving the Ruach of God, except for now the second Adam has come and has planted a seed of his spirit inside of us to grow into life, the seed of the kingdom. And what we have to understand is this. How do we cultivate? How do we receive the seed of God? And the way we receive the seed of God is what's the soil of our heart look like? And so I'm just going to read through Matthew 13 real quick here. It says, On that day Jesus went out of the house and was sitting by the sea. Such large clouds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat down while the whole crowd stood there on the shore. Then he, he told them many things in parables, saying, Consider the sower who went out to sow. As he was sowing, some seed fell among the path. The birds came and ate them up. Others fell on rocky ground where there wasn't much soil, and they sprang up and quickly the soil wasn't, uh, they sprang up quickly since the soil wasn't deep. But when the sun came up, they were scorched. Since they had no root, they withered. Others fell among thorns. The thorns came up and choked them. But still others, verse 8, fell on ground, good ground and produced a crop, some 100, some 60, some 30 times what was sown. Notice he starts with 100. He didn't start with 30. So often we come with the least part that we expect from God, and Jesus starts with the most that he expects, which is 100% return. Do you know what the understanding of 100-fold was? The completeness and the fullness of Jesus. When Jesus came out of the tomb, he was a hundredfold from where he had been before he went in. He was fully restored back into the fullness of the Son of God and the Son of Man, fully redeemed, fully restored. He had, he had seen the full completeness. He wasn't 60%. He wasn't 30%. He was 100%. And what the Lord's calling us into is a faith that believes for the 100%, not for 30%. Sometimes we settle for a little, and that's okay. Do you understand this? There, there's something about perseverance in this that's needed. There's something about letting the process of time go over time and, and celebrating, oh, I increased 1%, or I increased half a percent, or I saw a breakthrough in this area. We need to celebrate the little incremental goals, but we need to understand that those are just celebration of a goal of 100%. Maybe Jesus is waiting for the bride to become a hundredfold return on what he placed in them when he breathed on them in the power of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. No pressure to perform. Reception. What does a seed, what does a soil need to do to receive a seed? Does it have to work really hard to open itself up? Does it, no. It just is implanted. What's the responsibility of us? How are we tending to the soil of our hearts to make sure it's deep and it's vibrant so that the seed he puts into us actually can get to the deepest part and actually produce the greatest return? And it says in verse 9, anyone who has ears should listen. Now, <laughs> I probably have an irreverent sense of humor sometimes. I get it. But anytime I read this, I just think about it. Was like the question was, was he talking to a bunch of people who had no ears? I just got this picture like, what, they just look weird because they have no ears. Or is Jesus making a point? If you have ears, then you have the capacity to hear. Sinners and saints alike have ears, have the capacity to hear the voice of God. The question is this, what he's saying is, if you have the ability to hear, you should listen. 
What does listening look like? It's actually open yourself up fully to fully receive what's being said. It's not just hearing a sound. It's listening to what's said. It reminds me of White Man Can't Jump and, and uh, Woody Harrelson and, and uh, uh, Denzel, not Denzel, Wesley Snipes were riding along and, and Rosie Perez and, and, and uh, Woody Harrelson puts in uh, Jimi Hendrix. And he was listening to it, and then and, and, uh, Wesley Snipes reached over and turns it off. He goes, what are you doing? He goes, I'm, 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 I'm listening to Jimmy. He says, no, you can't, you can't hear Jimmy. He's like, well, what are you talking about? No, you, you can hear the sound, but you ain't listening to what's actually being said. He couldn't understand the message that Jimmy was trying to point. It's the whole point of this. You might be able to hear a sound, but are you actually listening to the intention of the message that's being given to you and embracing it? We're going to get to why that's important in a second. Then the disciples came and asked him, why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered them, because the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. If you didn't think this message is about the kingdom of heaven, then you haven't read the New Testament. Because the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you to know. Let me hear you say no. What's that word? No. Epikinosis, to experientially experience the truth of knowing who he is. The secrets of the kingdom have been given to us to actually know. But it's not been given to them. Who's that? It hasn't been given to everybody. So those who are called into community, those who are sons and daughters, those who are called into relationship with him, we're called to know the kingdom in a different way. But those who haven't yet known him, they haven't been given those secrets yet. Why? Because they haven't opened their hearts yet to receive the seed. For whoever has more will be given to him, and he will have more than enough. But whoever does not have, even what he will, will be taken away from him. In other words, even if you've got some sort of revelation about the kingdom of heaven, if you don't receive it deep in, and it doesn't lead to the surrender to the king of the kingdom, then even what you have will be taken from you. Even whatever understanding you have will be taken away. So this is always about not what you know on your own. This is always about what he is revealing Isaiah's prophecy is fulfilled in them, which says, you will listen and listen, and yet never understand. And you will look and look, and yet never perceive. Let me hear you say perceive. Perception has to do with the intentions of the heart. Verse 15, for this people's heart has grown callous. Their ears are hard of hearing, and they shut their eyes, and otherwise they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn back, and I would cure them. But your eyes are blessed because they do see, your ears because they do hear. For I assure you, many prophets and righteous people long to see the things you see, yet didn't see them, to hear the things you hear, yet they didn't hear them. Verse 18, you then listen to the parable of the sower. Notice he uses the word listen again. He didn't say just hear it, listen to it, pay attention, open your heart. Verse 19, one of the most important passages in all of this. When anyone hears the word about the kingdom and doesn't understand it. Let me hear you say, doesn't understand it. The evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the one sown along the path. I'm going to come back to that, but I want you to understand, that used to mess with me. God's expecting us to, to know the word of God, yet we, if I don't understand exactly what he's saying, how many people in here understand everything God says? Right? So it was like, oh my gosh, so, so, so is there no hope for us? That's not what he's saying. He's going to give us a clue that has to do with the intention of a heart. Let me finish this passage and I'll break that down for you. 
says the evil one comes and snatches away what's sown in the heart, then the one sown along the, that's the one that's sown along the path. The one sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself, but is short-lived. When pressure or persecution comes because of the world, immediately he stumbles. Why is there a great falling away? Because it's rocky soil. Verse 22, now the one sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the worries of this age, seduction of wealth, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Let me hear you say unfruitful. But the one sown on good ground, this is the one who hears and understands the word. The Amplified says it this way, this is the one that grasps it. Those are the one who does bear fruit and yield some 160, some 30 times what was sown. What I like in Luke chapter 8 Verse 15, that version, because this is told in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, all the synoptic gospels, it's the same story is told in different ways. But in verse 15, at the end of this, it says, but the seed and the good soil, these are the ones who heard the word in an honest and good heart, hold it fast, and bear fruit with perseverance. Let me hear you say perseverance. Let me hear you say patience. Those are words that require a status of heart and mind that's not in the tyranny of the urgent. That is one that recognizes I can benefit from the word that's coming to me now, but there's a greater thing that I don't so fully understand yet. And so what I have to do is persevere over time, opening up my heart to receive every single thing that God has for me. So let's break it down here. Number one, use your will to fully embrace the words of God. Use your will. Let me hear you say, use my will to fully embrace the words of God. About 60% of you got it. Let's do it again. Use my will to fully embrace what God says. You've been getting one of the greatest gifts outside of salvation is your free will. Having a free will is not sinful. But when I don't submit my will to his will, that's where sin enters in. You were designed with a free will. God wants you to use your free will. But we must learn how to submit our will to his will that comes through the seeds he plants inside of us, through the demonstration of Jesus, through the, the word that's been written and, and illuminated through us through the Holy Spirit. We have to submit our will to that. Otherwise, if this wasn't true, he wouldn't have said in the Lord's Prayer, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your If there was a question, wasn't a question that somebody else's will could be done, he wouldn't have commanded you to pray, your will be done. He's actually giving you an invitation and giving you a key. How do I prepare the soil of my heart? I say, your will be done, God, not my own. But here's what happens. When the seed of the word of God is planted inside, when you fully embrace it, what happens is it penetrates down deep inside of you and suddenly your will and his will match up so that you can carry out your will, which is his will. See, sometimes we blame God. What well, wasn't his will to heal? Well, did you use your will to pray for somebody? I remember when we were moving into things about the healing of the Spirit, and, and somebody came in here very simply, you want to see more people healed? Everybody said, yeah, we want to see that. Come, Jesus, yay. He goes, pray for more people. <laughs> what is that? 
I'm submitting my will to his will to heal. Instead of sending back and say, God, if you want to save the world, you're going to have to do it. I'm kind of waiting on you. Get your act together, God. It's your will to heal him. And he's going, where is your will submitted to my will that sends you into the world? Look what it says in Matthew 13, 19 again. When anyone hears the word of God, uh, word of the kingdom, very specifically, he, in all three of them, he says, the word of the kingdom, the word of the kingdom, the rule and reign of God, and does not understand it. Let me read you a commentary from Adam Clark. It says this, it would be more properly understood, not does not understand, but more properly, they don't regard it in their heart. If anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not use their will to regard what God is saying, then the devil comes and steals the seed that God is trying to throw out to you. And we blame the devil for being really good at what he does instead of saying, no, I didn't regard that what God was saying was holy. I didn't regard with the fear of the Lord that what God is planting inside of my heart is a holy thing, that my heart is holy ground. And he's wanting to plant a holy seed in holy ground. The only way the devil can steal the word of God from my heart is if I don't regard it for what it really is. And I go, oh, that was nice. And I turn my head and all of a sudden the devil goes, ha, ha. Let me rip that sucker out. They're not even going to know that I stole something from them. You know the key to a good pickpocket? The person never knows they got robbed until later. And the devil comes and pickpockets the promises of God from people so often because we, we did not regard the seed. Anyone who has ears, ears, let them hear. Regard it with holiness with the fear of the Lord, with intentionality, with power. We have to embrace what God is saying. It says, A careless, inattentive hearer is compared to the wayside. His heart is an open road where evil affections and foolish and hurtful desires continually pass and repass without either notice or restraint. A heart where Satan has, as one terms it, ingress, egress, and regress, and progress in a word, the devil's thoroughfare. That's amazing to me. You can be a born-again believer. But if I don't regard the word of God with what it really is, I can allow the soil of my heart to become the thoroughfare of the devil. And we blame it on sin or behavior or spiritual warfare. When in actuality, what it was is, I used my will at the beginning of the process to reject what God was saying. And anytime you reject his words, you are left open for attack. And then we call in the deliverance ministries and we call in the intercessors and we just got to pray because you're under affliction. How about we go back to the very beginning? Have you ever rejected the word of God? Any point in your life, anything that he's told you to do in that area of your life, man, I'm under attack from finances. Let me go back. Is there any area that word that God has given me about stewardship or wisdom when it comes to finances? Did I disregard it? And has that opened me up to the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy? And if the answer is no, then you're in spiritual warfare. Bind the devil up and send him packing. 
Do you hear what I'm saying? This is not, this is not shame. It's an either-or situation. Let's go on. I promise 10 minutes and I'm going to keep going. Other words, it's not the inability to understand what God is saying, but the lack of willingness to heed the voice of God and allow the enemy to devour the seed before it can produce fruit within you. Number two, good soil is cultivated by surrender and obedience to the word of God. Let me hear you say, good soil is cultivated by surrender and obedience to the voice of God. Luke 8, 15, but the seed in the good soil... These are the ones who have heard the word in an honest and good heart. Hold it fast and bear fruit with perseverance or patience. How are you cultivating not just your soil, but how are you cultivating the seeds that you've already gotten? Or are you so quick to eat them yourselves because you're hungry instead of letting them have an actual fruitful intention inside of your heart? Your soil's cultivated. So how do you do that? I hear the word and I don't, I hear the seed that's planted inside of me. And all of a sudden I start getting these thoughts and ideas because the seed takes immediate effect inside of you. If you've received it with willingness, you've done step one. I fully embrace the word of God, the seed that's planted inside of me. It begins to germinate immediately. It begins to produce fruit. The danger is this. I only live off the fruit that's immediately produced rather than understanding. Wait a minute. What am I doing? It's not just eating, it's obedience. God tells you to do something, do it. Don't hesitate. When he tells you something and you do it immediately, what it does is it actually adds nutrients back into the soil of your heart that allows that seed to multiply. Remember, the goal is not 1%, 2%, or 30%. It's 100%. Obedience opens up the nutrients that are needed for it to produce a greater fruit inside of your life because it first is inside of your heart. Finally, number three, the goal is to yield 100, 60, 30 times greater than the initial seed. Somebody here you say God's goal is to yield all he wants. Don't just eat good fruit. It's important for us to come into this place The point of a, of, a, of a vineyard is to feed many more people than just you. So if I see the initial seed and I go, from this seed, there's something about agriculture and horticulture that's real. A date seed of a, a particular type of date plant that had gone extinct many, many, many years ago. And they planted that seed in good soil and now it produces good fruit. 2,000 years what does that look like? It's actually creating a whole nother harvest field of dates that had gone extinct. We have to look beyond what does the blessings of God want to do in my life? That's certainly a first question. But what are the blessings of God in my life so that I can actually plant the seeds into the life of other people? I just get this picture. You know what you get every single week from me? What I've been eating on, what I've been feeding on. But you know what what the anointing is? You're not actually eating from the first seed of faith of the kingdom that I got. You're actually eating of the fruit because I took that seed and multiplied into multiple plants that actually produce multiple fruit-bearing plants inside of my life. And I'm giving you second, third, and fourth, and fifth, and sixth generation revelation that came from an initial one. And you're eating of that 
And then what you have to understand inside these seeds, there's things I can plant inside my heart that will go one generation, two generation, a thousand generations down the road. 2,000-year-old date plant. So let's go ahead and pray. Because God's done a lot. Was that good? Does that make sense? You guys are such a mature crowd. I believe you can take this and actually run with it to the nether level. So Holy Spirit, we just thank you that you are the one that plants the seeds inside of us. Even the physical Bible is not really a seed until you breathe on it. No message that's preached is a good seed until you breathe on it. So we thank you that you're multiplying seeds and you're planting specific seeds. There's different fruit-bearing types of plants. And so, God, to some people, you're, you're planting an avocado. And other people, you're planting a fruit, uh, an apple tree. And other people, you're giving an orange tree. You're, you're multiplying different types of the fruit trees of the kingdom inside of every person according to where they're at. But as an act of our will right now, we're going to open our hearts up and regard the seed, the fruit that you're wanting to produce inside of our lives. And we receive it fully. So we will never be the ones that don't understand the word of the kingdom. I release hunger for more. I release a discerning spirit that's able to penetrate to the deepest part of the truth. And I just release right now joy. So have your way right now. And we declare this in Jesus' mighty name and all God's people said, amen, amen. Thank you so much for joining us as we seek first after God's kingdom and release it to transform lives and cities. If you would like more information about how to grow in the kingdom or connect with Legacy, go to our website, www.legacynb.com.